Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here at Simple Church. Thank you so much for being with us today. We want to take a moment to greet all those of you that are in our online campus, those of you that are watching on Facebook, or maybe you're listening on a podcast. And of course, want to take time to greet our guests that are in studio today. Really excited to have some people here. It makes all the difference for me. Uh, it truly does. So thankful for you guys being here. You can sign up to be here as well. Get on the Simple Church app and, and uh, go underneath the uh, live studio audience option. And you can pick a Monday night to be here while we uh, while we preach these messages. But um, so, so do that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think I'm going to ask these guys maybe later, you know, if they had fun or not. You guys having fun so far? Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Great. Hey, it's also a special day today because today is Mother's Day. So we want to give a special shout out to all of the moms, the different varieties of moms that are here. Moms, we love you today. If you're sitting next to a mom, give her a high five, give her a hug, give her a kiss on the cheek. Just let her know. Happy Mother's Day and celebrate with them today. We hope you have a great time doing that today and celebrating with family. So let's jump into what we're doing today. We are continuing a series uh, in a study on King Solomon. And our theme verse is this. It's from 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 23 through 24. It says, King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. The whole world sought an audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. So Here's this character that we find in the Bible. He's also in history, right? Because the Bible uh, gives us history as well as God's word and his plan and purpose for our lives. And this is, this is a historical reference to a king who existed in Israel and his name was Solomon. He was wealthy, he was wise, and everybody came to learn from him. Solomon wrote uh, uh, several of the books of the Bible. So not only do we have a record of him in Kings, but he also wrote a good portion of the book of Proverbs. These are wise sayings for our lives. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And another book that we know of and young, young men in Jewish culture couldn't read it until they were the age of 15 is the book called Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. And the reason they couldn't read it, well, it's because it's a little spicy, right? So uh, uh, anyway, so, so Solomon wrote these books and uh, he was very, very wise. And, and so there's lots to learn from him. The greatest leaders in the world came to learn from him in that time. And he left behind a whole lot for us to learn from as well. And so that's what we're doing in this series. Now, last week we talked about Solomon in reference to him being the untested king. Uh, his father was David and the king before him was King Saul, just so you know the lineage here. And David introduces Solomon as this inexperienced noob, which by the way, noob just means he was a newbie. Like he, he didn't know what he was doing. He had no experience in leadership at all. And David introduces him that way. And as a result, because of this, this lack of experience, Solomon prayed this prayer in second Chronicles uh, one verse six through 10. He says this: Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. Right. That night, God appeared to Solomon and, and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon answered God, give me a Ferrari. Give me lots of money. Give me lots of success. Give me lots of stuff. I want to have a big house and it needs to be in Beverly Hills. I want to be famous. No, Solomon didn't ask for any of those things. Solomon said, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. 
And Solomon knew he was untested. He knew that he didn't have the goods to make it, to rule the kingdom, to rule this people group, which Solomon knew was God's special people. So he asked God and prayed and said, give me wisdom. And as a result of this humble request, God, he responds and he gives it to him. God grants Solomon with wisdom, but he doesn't just give him wisdom. In fact, God says, because you ask for wisdom, the verse goes on to say, because you ask for wisdom and not all this stuff, not luxury, not, 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 not wealth. He said, because you ask for wisdom, I'm going to give you all this other stuff too. I'm going to give you all the stuff you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you fame and I'm going to give you success. And so as a result, Solomon went on to build a massive kingdom and he did extraordinary things. And the foundation for his life was wisdom. And it's probably why he wrote this in the book of Proverbs for us to see. It's Proverbs 4, verse 7. He says, getting wisdom, it's the most important thing you can do. I mean, a guy with that kind of experience, it makes sense that that would be his response. That, hey guys, I didn't ask for stuff. I didn't ask for money. I didn't ask for power. I didn't ask for influence. I asked for wisdom. And as a result, I now believe and live my life in a way, and I'm going to tell everybody, getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Now you say, Aaron, what is wisdom? Isn't that just knowing stuff? No, it's not. No, no. Knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. It's not just about knowing stuff. Wisdom is needed in, in, in almost every single day of your life. We are in ever increasing need for wisdom throughout our lives. The issue today isn't that we don't know stuff though. We know stuff. I mean, for goodness sakes, we have Google, right? We know stuff. We just don't apply stuff. We are educated far beyond our level of obedience to that education, right? We, we know stuff. We just don't obey it. We don't, we don't apply it to our lives. We don't live it out. For me, I've, I've got an area in my life that I have to apply wisdom to. Uh, it, it's healthier for my marriage. Uh, it's healthier uh, for my sleep. And, and it's healthier for my sheets. Let me explain. Uh, see, I love coffee. And, but if I drink coffee... After 4 p.m., I discovered this as I got older because it used to be I could drink coffee and go to bed. And a lot of people are still that way. And I envy them because I really enjoy coffee. My, my cabinets overflow with coffee. I love to make coffee. I love to drink coffee. I love to give it to my friends. Oh, coffee. But the problem is, as I got older, if I drink coffee after 4 o'clock, I start running laps in my sleep at night. That's what happens. It's bad for my marriage because it keeps my wife awake and she keeps nudging me. Aaron, you're settled down. You're running laps. It's bad for my sleep because I wake up exhausted in the morning from having run said laps. And it's better for my sheets because, well, going to be honest, I don't take real good care of my feet. and I've got dry heels. And I know you're probably a little grossed out by this. But listen, once you discover that where my feet are because I've been running laps, I pulled back the blankets one day and my sheets looked like Wolverine. You know, the X-Men had been in my bed and had slashed my sheets. That's what happened. So I'm being wise when I choose to refuse to drink coffee after 4 p.m. I can have that knowledge and still drink coffee, but am I being wise? No. See, wisdom protects my marriage. It protects my sleep and it protects my sheets. We need to apply what we know. We need wisdom in our lives. 
And Solomon needed wisdom to rule as a king. In fact, not, not too long after God says, I'm going to grant you wisdom, we find him in 1 Kings chapter 3. And he has, he's, he's sitting on his throne. And one of the jobs that Solomon has is to be a judge, to, to give a ruling on, his, on different matters that come before him. And one of the most interesting ones that came before him that the Bible actually records is where two prostitutes came in front of him. You guys have probably heard this story before. Two prostitutes show up and, and, and the complaint was that, that one of the prostitutes said, I gave birth to my son. And a few days later, she gave birth to her son. And they, these two prostitutes lived in the same house together. <clears throat> and then in the middle of the night, the one prostitute rolls over on her child and suffocates him. Well, she wakes up and discovers her dead son. And so she gets up while the other woman is sleeping and she swaps the babies. She takes the live baby of the other woman and then goes to sleep like nothing ever happened. So when the other woman woke up, she wakes up with a child that's dead in her arms. Of course, she's crushed. But, but the Bible says that as she looked at her son in the morning light, because I, I don't know about you or not. I think every baby looks like Don Rickles when they're born. You know what I'm saying? They just they all look the same. But she said, as I looked closely at my son, I saw that this was not my son. This was not the child that I had born. And I discovered that my child was alive and he was in her arms. So they bring this matter before the king and, the, and they're fighting over the live child because the other child is dead and is buried and, and they're going back and forth and Solomon has to rule on this. So you know what Solomon does? Solomon says, bring me the child. So they bring him the child. He says, bring me a sword. So Solomon takes his sword and he says, I'm going to take the child and I'm going to cut it in half. And I'm going to give one half to this woman and one half to the other. And the first woman, she cries out and she says, no, don't cut him. Don't cut him in half. Let him live and give him to that woman. And the other woman said, no, go ahead, cut him in half. I'll take half and she can have half. And Solomon very wisely responds. The woman that wants the child to live is his mother. Give the child to her. And as a result of this decision, all of Israel understood that Solomon was wise. His fame spread all across the country because he took something that was so hard and so complicated and he made it simple. See, that's what wisdom does. Wisdom takes complex situations and makes answers easy to see. We all have moments like these that we need wisdom, don't we? In our marriages, raising our kids, in our finances, how do we invest? How do we save? What are we, how, do, how do we be good stewards, stewards of our finances, of the, the things that God has given us? We need wisdom to know who's the greatest basketball player of all time. Is it LeBron James or is it Michael Jordan? The answer is simple. It comes down to championships, my friend, and it is Michael Jordan. Six out of six championships he won. LeBron, four out of ten. Enough said. Enough said. We need wisdom when it comes to whether we choose Chipotle or Krispy Kreme. Do you know what wisdom really says? Put your hands together. That's it. Do both. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. These guys are losing it here in the audience. They're being so quiet. I don't know how you're doing that. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do, guys. The NIV translation of this same, same verse in Proverbs 4, 7 says, Get wisdom, though it costs you all you have. Get wisdom, though it costs you all you have. That's a price. You know that? To pursue wisdom, it's going to cost you something. 
It's most important. And Solomon even says, even if it costs you everything, worth it. Hashtag worth it. Let's do it. Not many people are willing to pay the price. But I know that all of us would agree. We need wisdom. Every endeavor in life requires it. If you want a healthy marriage, you need wisdom. You want to raise your kids right? You need wisdom. Want to navigate your career path? You need wisdom. You want to start a business? You need wisdom. You want great relationships? You need wisdom. Solomon goes on to say about wisdom in the same chapter, verse 8. He says to cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. Man, if you want influence, if you want to leave a legacy here in this life, you want to live a life of honor, get wisdom. He goes on in verse 10. He says, listen, my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. You want a long, prosperous, rich life that's healthy? Get wisdom. Verse 12, he says, when you walk because of wisdom, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Now, this doesn't mean you're you're not going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, but wisdom will ensure that you learn from them. He continues in verse 14 and 15. He says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in, in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. You know, wisdom, what it'll do is it'll come along and help you make good relationship choices, which is what we're going to talk about in two weeks. That matters. Who you're walking with requires wisdom. Verse 18 says this, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Now you read a verse like that and you say, okay, I understand that. So, so we read it, the path of righteousness, of the righteous, excuse me. Righteous, what does that mean? It just means somebody that's in right standing, somebody that's in, in right standing with God. They're an upright person, they're, they're good. But being a righteous person isn't just about loving God. And, and this verse isn't just about loving God. It's not just about being right because within context, what this verse is saying is it's about righteousness, but it's also about your pursuit of wisdom. That within context, this verse means if you want things to get better and better and better, your life will get better and better when you love God and when you pursue wisdom. That's what it means. Love God, pursue wisdom, and everything, like this verse says, continues to get better around you, in you, and for you. Doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. Doesn't mean you're not going to have setbacks. It means that despite these things, things will continue to get better around you when you pursue your relationship with God and wisdom. So if this is true, if all this is right, if wisdom is so important, if a pursuit of God and wisdom are supreme, what do I do to acquire wisdom? I can hear you asking. Well, today we're going to land in the book of James. He speaks about uh, how we get wisdom, where it comes from, and, and it's a beautiful thing. It's in James chapter 1, verse 5. It gives us an outline of how we acquire wisdom. So here it is, uh, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So there's three keys found here in this verse to help us pursue and acquire wisdom. And the first key is simply this. We've got to recognize that we need it, right? That's a posture of humility that says, I don't have it and I need it. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom. Now, James is being really nice here when he says if, but let's be honest with ourselves. There's no if here, right? 
There's no if you lack wisdom. You lack wisdom. You lack wisdom and you lack wisdom and you lack it and you lack it and you lack it and I lack it. We lack wisdom and there's, there's no if. All of us lack wisdom. None of us has all the answers. And since we lack wisdom, well, we need to recognize that we need it, right? Okay, well, I, I don't have it and I need to get it. Recently, I, uh, I started riding a uh, Peloton at my house and um, my wife decided she was gonna do a 30 day, uh, 30 day straight of riding the, the Peloton bike. And uh, she had been riding it for weeks longer than I had. I, I was just coming out of having been sick with COVID and she had been riding for weeks and, and uh, had way more at-bats on that bike than I had. She's also in much better shape than I am uh, as she's continued to work out. And, uh, and, I, and, and I just, this is the first time I've been working out in nearly two years. And some of you are like, yeah, that's what I would guess. It's been about two years for you, Pastor. Hmm, thank you. Appreciate your ministry to my spirit. <clears throat> but it's a true story. And so she, my wife's like, well, I'm going to do this 30 days of riding Peloton. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be outdone. I'm going to ride it with her. I'm going to start this 30 days as well. And uh, I don't know if you've ever done something like that. But let me tell you something. That was not very wise. I lacked wisdom. That was a good thing that I was doing, right? But it was a total mistake to think that I could go from zero to hero. That I could, to, could do exactly what my bride has been doing all along. In fact, what I could have done, which would have been really easy, is talk to somebody about it. Hey, I'm just starting Peloton. What do you think? Come to find out if I'd have done just a little bit of investigation, I'd have found out that they have a course to slowly ease you into riding that does not involve you doing it for 30 days straight. I'll tell you that much. I was sore. I was in pain. It was not great. I finished it and I rode every day for, for 30 days straight. But it was not wise of me to think I could do that. We all think we know it all, don't we? We have to be careful though. And, and Solomon knows that. He warned us in Proverbs 3, 7. He says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. That's a powerful statement. We've got to value wisdom. And, then we've, and, and by valuing it, what it means is that we will seek it first. That, that before we step into things that we're going to do, before we step into our day, before we get onto a 30-day ride for Peloton, before we have a conversation, before we step into a difficult space, before we go on the job interview, before we send our kids off to school, we need to seek wisdom first. You can gain wisdom in hindsight like I did on the bike, or you can gain wisdom first. And to do that, that's wise. I could have saved myself a lot of pain had I sought wisdom first. And it's the same with all of us. Solomon knew that. That's why he said first. In, in 1 Kings 3, 7, Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. He knew that God had something for him to do. And that on a regular basis, day by day, he didn't have what it took. And, and we've got to be like Solomon, but in the way that not just like Solomon, but the, the nature that Solomon had of like a child. But we recognize I don't got it and I need it. The second key that we see in this verse of James 1.5 is that we need to recognize where we get wisdom from. See, it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. So we need to recognize that we lack that wisdom 
But the problem is, is even when we do often recognize that we lack wisdom, we don't ask God, we ask Google. We, we go to Google and we ask it all kinds of things. Like I, I've got a, uh, an issue, I'm, I've got a doctor's appointment this week. I'm gonna go see him and you know what? And instead of talking to my wife about it, who's in the medical profession first, do you know what I did? I doogie browsered it, that's right. I went to the Google machine and I, and I typed in my, my, uh, the, the uh, symptoms that I was having and it gave me a number of things that it could be which included issues related to menstruation. And I didn't even know I could do that. So it's on the list of possibilities, right? Which is just crazy to me. But, but isn't that what we do? Six, the, 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 the statistics say that 60% of people do this to themselves. They, they, they have symptoms, they go online, they get all worked up, and 42% of those people go into a doctor's office with a preconceived idea, a diagnosis of themselves, and they hand it to the doctor. It's gotta be so much fun for our doctors nowadays. Now listen, I'm not saying that Google isn't a great resource and that WebMD isn't a great resource. It's full of knowledge, but it does not offer wisdom. Understand that there's a difference between the two. It offers knowledge. Wisdom is the application of that knowledge. And that application of that knowledge comes only from God. This is why Solomon asked this in 2 Chronicles 1.10. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. Give me wisdom and knowledge so that I can fulfill my purpose. And this is a prayer that we can pray. God, give me wisdom as a spouse. Give me wisdom as a parent, as a friend. Give me wisdom as an employee. Give me wisdom as a CEO. Give me wisdom as I serve at Simple Church. Give me wisdom as I tell others about Jesus. You know, Solomon recognized that wisdom came from God. In fact, he said it this way in, in chapter nine, verse 10 of Proverbs. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, he wasn't talking about being afraid of God, like as in you're fearful of him. This fear of the Lord is a healthy reverence and awe of him, understanding that God is big, that he is all powerful, that he and he alone is the creator of the universe. And that standing in awe is the fear of the Lord. And this, this is the beginning of wisdom. Recognizing we need wisdom and don't have it, we need to recognize where it comes from. And it, and it comes from God. It, he is our source. In fact, this placement of God meaning that, that he's all powerful. He's where wisdom comes from. This is proper placement of God because he's God and we aren't. And therein, there's wisdom. The third key that we see in James uh, 1.5 is to recognize how God gives this wisdom. See, we don't have wisdom. God does, but how he gives it, well, this is really, really important to me. So look back at that verse. We give you the whole verse. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, watch this, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. So let's focus in on this one word, gives. This is how God gives. That word gives is an indefinite present tense verb. What that means is that it never ends, that God gives in perpetuity. He gives, let's say it simply, continually. God gives us wisdom continually. He doesn't give it to us in a limited fashion. He doesn't have a supply that is ever gonna run out. I think too oftentimes the way that we approach God is the way that we would approach a magic lamp, right? You can find a lamp, you rub the lamp, you get three wishes and you get rules, right? The rules come along with it. I can't kill anybody. I can't make anybody fall in love with you. And I can't bring anybody back from the dead. It's not a pretty picture. I don't like doing it. 
God's not a genie in a lamp. He doesn't limit the number of requests for wisdom. And he doesn't have prerequisites for giving it to you. He doesn't limit the, the number of requests or, or ask for reasons for the request. That means that you can ask every day for any number of things and God will give you wisdom. He knows that we need wisdom daily. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, that's one of those verses that like, I wish we could rip out of the Bible. In fact, it would match what most people think that Christianity is. Because most people are like, well, I thought if I have Jesus, that means no worries. No, my friend, that's Hakuna Matata. Jesus said, there's going to be worries. There's going to be issues. And you, my friend, you're going to need some wisdom to deal with those issues, to work through them. Every day, we need wisdom for everything in our lives. And God gives wisdom continually. But keep reading because watch the way that he gives because it gets better. I really like this. He says this again. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives continually. Watch this. He gives generously. God gives generously. That word generous there, if you break it down in the Greek, it means, this is very deep, go with me, generous. That's right. That's, that's what it means. It's bountiful supply. It's a deluge, not a dab. It's a flood, not a flick, right? The only thing I know to compare it to is when you go to Chipotle and you order a burrito bowl, generous is not what I would describe when they put the protein on the bowl. You know what I'm saying? I would say generous is when you get to the sour cream and they take out this ladle that is the size of your head and they scoop the sour cream onto it and you it just floods the whole bowl. It's a gallon of sour cream. That's generous. It's a generous portion. And I think this is what God gives. This is his bountiful supply. When we ask for wisdom, he gives it generously and he'll continue to do that. He's not going to run out. He's going to give you more than you expect because he gives wisdom continuously, generously. And then you got to like this. Go back to the verse. He gives generously to all. He gives generously to all. And when you look at that, the breakdown of this verse, again, back to the Greek text, because that's what it's originally written into. It means that, that more specifically, it's individually. It means on an individual basis. Yes, when we consider all, it means all people, but that means to each individual, to everybody, which includes their very specific reason that they need it. God doesn't give wisdom for certain things or to certain people. He doesn't weigh out your reason for needing it or measure your life to see if you deserved it or validate your request. He gives it to all of us with specificity, meaning specifically to you for a specific thing. God gives wisdom continually, generously, individually. And then finally, we see in this verse where he says he gives it to all without finding Man, I like that. I like that because it speaks about God's nature here. God's not mad that you need to ask for wisdom. He doesn't look at me when I show up every day asking for wisdom in the areas of my life that I need it, which is every area by that way. And his response behind my back is not stupid, Aaron. Can't believe you can't figure this out, right? That's not his response. His response is so loving. His response is to happily give it. He doesn't, doesn't give it 
by finding fault. He's not begrudgingly giving it. He's not resentfully giving it. He's not mad that I'm asking again. I don't know about you, but if you've got little children, have you ever had a kid continue to ask you for something over and over and over again for something? They want your help yet again with a situation that you've clearly explained to them and showed them how to deal with. And yet they are back at your leg, tugging on your pants, saying, dad, 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 dad. And you're like, nope, my name's not dad today. My name's Aaron. We find fault. We get exhausted answering the same questions over and over again. Maybe it's not with your kids. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's your spouse. I'm not sure. But we get exhausted, but God does not. He gives wisdom without a grudge. He gives cheerfully, happily. It's his nature. God, after all, is a giver. My, one of my, one of my famous, the most famous verses and one of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he, yeah, he gave. He gave, he's a giver. And when it comes to wisdom, we need it. And God's got it. He gives it continuously. He gives it generously, individually, and he's happy to give it. All we have to do to receive wisdom from him, because I know you need it and I need it, He's recognized we need it. We need to recognize where it comes from. And we just need to simply ask for it. Amen, everybody? Let's pray. Father, today I pray that you would give us wisdom. Lord, for the church at large, I pray that we would have the humility to confess our need and our reliance upon you. Lord, not just for strength, not just for peace, not just for life, for wisdom to live our lives in such a way that we honor you. Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us. Grant us wisdom in every area of our lives, Lord. Help us realize our need for you today, God. And let us be lifelong seekers of your wisdom. Now, there are some of you that are here today as we stay in this attitude of prayer you might find yourself far from God. And, uh, and one of the things that, that Paul, the apostle who wrote a majority of the New Testament prayed was found in Ephesians 1.17. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom. See, God not only wants to give you wisdom, but he wants to put his spirit, which is the spirit of wisdom within you. See, it used to be God's spirit dwelt in temples, buildings. But when Jesus came along, he lived a perfect and sinless life and he gave his life as a ransom. In other words, to pay a price. His perfect sinless life sacrificed would pay the price for all humanity, for all of our sins. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. And so, Jesus had to come along. He had to step out of heaven, be born a child, walk this earth for 33 years, perfectly, sinlessly, and give his life. And he did that. He was crucified on a cross and he rose from the dead on the third day. And he did all of that so that we could be washed clean, so that this temple could be a place where God's spirit could dwell, the spirit of wisdom. And that spirit was to empower you not just for your everyday life, but to empower you to introduce other people to Jesus, and do good works, and walk 
and wisdom. And God wants to put the spirit of wisdom inside of you today, but that begins by accepting what Jesus did for you. It begins by stepping into this space and saying, Father, I need you. And so if you're ready to pray that prayer today, if you're ready to have the spirit of the living God, the spirit of wisdom living on the inside of you that will lead you, guide you, and grant you all the wisdom that you need, join me and pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to live for you. Teach me how to tell others about you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer, all of heaven is having a party. Simple Church is having a party with you. In fact, if you look in the comment sections, they are celebrating there as well on Facebook and in our online campus. And we're celebrating today with you too. In fact, if you made that decision today, do me a favor and make the second best decision you can make right now. And that's to fill out the connection card. That connection card gets sent directly to our team so that we can help you on your next steps in your spiritual journey. We wanna be part of that. We want to be your church. So if you'll give us the opportunity to do that, our team will respond to you. I promise you, we're not gonna harass you. We won't sell your information. We just wanna celebrate with you and share with you what your next steps are. So please make sure if you're in our online campus, you click the digital connection card button, or if you're watching online in some other fashion, or maybe listening to the podcast, you'll find a link in the description of the video that you're, that you're listening to right now. And uh, if you'll hit that button, man, that gives us an opportunity to celebrate with you. So please make sure that you do that today. You are literally the reason that we are here today. We exist to reach people far from God and teach them to follow Jesus step by step. That means you and you're in the right place. So we celebrate with you today and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Now, as we wrap up today, I wanna to give you an opportunity to give. If you're a guest with us, you're under no obligation to give. We're so glad that you're here with us. Uh, there's lots of ways to give. You can use all the options here on this screen. We appreciate your faithfulness. We appreciate your giving. We appreciate your obedience. And we celebrate that obedience to give as the Lord leads. Uh, while you do that, I wanna share with you a couple of things. Next week, our birthday shindig is gonna be in person. So we'll have an in-person gathering, but we'll also have uh, air whatever we're doing there online. But in-person is gonna have some fun, some surprises, some, uh, some, some giveaways, and just, you're gonna wanna be there. So if you are planning on joining us in person at the Marcus Theater this coming Sunday, that is May 16th, right, everybody? Yes, that sounds right, May 16th. Please make sure that you register so that we can uh, have everything ready for you, so that we can have enough gifts to give away. We've got some stuff we wanna give you to help uh, you celebrate with us for our eighth birthday. And uh, we're actually gonna push pause on this series uh, for a special message next week, and then we'll resume, excuse me, the following week right back here in our online campus. So. Again, thanks for being with us today. If you've got a story you want to share with us about what God is doing in your life, make sure you hit that connect card. Click on the share my story button. That goes directly to me. I would love to hear what God is doing uh, in your life. Other than that, God bless you guys. We'll see you right back here next week in our online campus or maybe live in person at the Marcus. Love you guys.